Our focus must be riveted on the Savior and His gospel. It is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto Him in every thought. But when we do, our doubts and fears flee. When we draw His power into our lives, both He and we will rejoice. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Doubt Not, Fear Not podcast. You are here with the Mappa sisters. I'm Atalaite. And I'm Malika. We may not look the same, but we're friendly. What do you mean? We do look the same. We both have curly hair, but we're just different, different pickings, different personalities. Okay, this podcast is all about living a balanced life with Christ. We're super busy. And before we unpacking this kind of topic today, we want to just tell you guys about ourselves and what we do. But I'll go first. I'm a seminary teacher and an institute teacher as well as other other things sometimes on Sunday, right? There's last minute kind of callings to, to be a nursery teacher or to fill in for the youth Sunday school teacher. But those are my two callings as of now. And I recently just came back. It's been about a year. I've been a C- overseas. I serve a mission in Texas, Fort Worth, whoop, whoop, state of Beyonce. Okay. But um, no, I did not baptize Beyonce. <laughs> but I served in, in Texas, Fort Worth, in two belonging areas. And my third area was, I went straight back to Thonga, guys. I, I served in Euless, all right? So shout out to Euless. Shout out to Trinity High. You know, that school that's pumping out all the NFL players. That's what's up. And after my mission, I went on to go do postgraduate studies. I studied at University of Utah, but in South Korea. So, and I just came back a year ago. Now I'm working in government yeah. <laughs> as a public she servant. She came back and she just hit the ground running. She didn't no. even pause or break. She didn't even say hello to us. She just went straight into work. Straight into work after quarantine. But yeah, so that's me. I'll give the time to Malika now. Sure. Okay. I'm working as a nurse currently at Minimal Hospital. This will be my fifth year. I work in a rehabilitation ward and I really love it. Even though there's always pros and cons to the job, it's very fulfilling. So besides us two, we have two other sisters. So one is at home and the other one is in heaven looking down on us. Our dad lives in America and our mom is here. That's pretty much it. I feel like right now, um, full on priorities, multiple um, priorities, we're busy. Everyone's busy. Massive things on our plates, not only just in church with callings, but also outside of those demands of us is within the workspace, but also kind of community space. We also give back in different spheres of influence. So I'm on different community boards as well as Malika. She is engaged in different boards for K-pop and K-dramas. Well, um, and so, anime. <laughs> and, and anime, right? So, oh man, we got too many things going on. Okay, let's get into first uh, question. How would you describe or how would you explain what what is keeping a balanced life of Christ what what does that mean to you I think it's just aligning your will to God's will making sure that you make time for the Lord and even if you're busy you always take that time you have Sundays off to go attend sacrament or you visit the people in need so you talked about being a nurse oh my gosh just like it's a hard job under under resource full-on <laughs> short stuff yeah full-on demands and stuff but how what does it look like for you like let's just talk about personally as a nurse and also as a member of the church of jesus christ of Latter-day saints how do you balance and keep a, a balanced life of christ i think for me personally when i meet my patients i always have that love for them because to be able to care for someone you have to genuinely love them i get to know them and they're some pretty great people but you can kind of see that where the illness has affected them. 
they say things that they don't mean and sometimes they'll make you cry but they don't mean it so you try and find the better them behind the illness there are sometimes there are some Sundays that Malika works that shift in the morning and she can't come to church with us and then there are some Sundays where she just sleeps sleeps alone. she's tired right we get it we just leave her alone we're not here to like put you under bus but insane. my body gives up <laughs> honestly but when it comes to you in terms of keeping a balanced life of Christ actually the job is sort of sometimes it, it surpasses and it takes priority over church but Sophie, if you know about Malika, if you're in her ward, which we hope you're not, because if you're in her ward, that means you need rehabilitation. And that's a, it it's means a, you had a stroke or yeah, you have a neurological condition. Um, Malika, really, in her care, through her from all her nurses, even her colleagues, your care is different. And it's because you, you prioritize your Savior Jesus Christ, your faith in Him and love in Him, and you extend that out in your service and care. I think it also goes back to the way that you're raised. So I think mom and dad did a good job raising us kids. Mm. If, honestly, so our parents are divorced. They had a temple marriage and our parents got divorced when I was in my first year of uni and you were wrapping up college and high school. Pretty much, yeah. So I, this was around, how old were we? We were like, I was like 18. I think it was around like 2012. Yeah. And so it's hard when you sing in the church. I have a family, like families can be together forever. and Because our family was broken. Our family was broken. And we were just like, what is happening? And at that time, back in, what, 2012, divorce wasn't a huge thing that people talked about in the church. I think it was still a, a taboo thing. Oh, yeah. Like people don't talk about what happens yeah. if someone has a temple marriage oh and they have to, it just doesn't work. Yeah. No matter how much, you know, effort they put into. Yeah. And, and it, was, it was like tough because... At that time, I, our father was a U.S. military serviceman. And so at that time, he was like stationed. That was during kind of that Middle East conflict going on. So in Iraq and Afghanistan. And, and so we hadn't seen our father for a long time. But yeah, that divorce happened. And what do you do? And, and ward members, I remember our ward members, like out of the goodness of their hearts, are just asking us, where's, where's, where's Brother Mappa? Where's your father? I remember our mom. There was a really nice lady in our, our ward who would who asked her about it, like was straight up. And our mom was, oh yeah, we're divorced. Yeah, it, it is what it is. Gosh. Just very casual. And the lady's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And our mom's just like, yeah, <laughs> I'm fine. It was such a massive learning experience for our family, yeah. especially for me and my sisters. I think it helped you more than it did to me. It helped you emotionally and mentally. It helped us all. It helped us because now our father, who was like the patriarch, I mean, our father still is. We still have relationships with our, with our, with our dad. We'll fly back to Utah mm. and still go with my dad and my dad's remarried and stuff. But it, it was a really massive learning experience for our family because now we had no kind of patriarch. Our father was really kind of an influential figure when my parents were married in terms of family scripture study, family prayers, and just now embedding the gospel into our home. But now Father just 2012, that was it. He wouldn't return back to New Zealand. I do want to say that mom actually took on the role exactly. as patriarch, even though she yeah. she was mom. But I felt like she had a bigger job doing that yeah. because, again, dad wasn't here. And then we started stepping up, right? Yeah. And so we started... Luckily, we weren't problematic daughters, like some, <laughs> some daughters are. What I'm trying to say is, as my mother was taking the role of being the priesthood figure, mm. meaning kind of embedding the gospel in our lives, in our in our home, we also started playing that role too. Our callings, being faithful, taking up call, service opportunities in the ward, being able to 
read our scriptures and stuff. And so what I'm trying to say is I'm just like also grateful. I'm like thinking about now for living a balanced life of Christ that actually trials or even sucky things and, and turmoil and, and sorrow and pain, actually that also helps and adds to be able to allow us to live a balanced life. It adds to your spiritual growth pretty much. Yeah, because then you start to realize like what matters most and you start to realize, oh, actually, <laughs> with these trials, mm. um, this is what's important to me and this is what's a priority. And then once you get those important priorities at the top and just at the center of your life. I do want to say with whatever things you're going through, it does show you how stronger you are. And some people don't realize until they go through something sucky. <laughs> well, the balanced life of Christ, living a balanced life of Christ, Malika, why do you think um, that's important to you? When we leave this world, well, what would we have to show for it pretty much? We can't really say, oh, I did this and that, and yet we don't align our will to the gospel, or we don't act accordingly, like choosing the right. Alignment, right? Mm. That's what I'm getting out from you is alignment is actually what balance is. Mm. Alignment with Christ, more importantly. How about now? Do you think you're living a balanced life of Christ or aligned with him? Honestly, I could do better. I mean... There are moments where I just want to stay in my room, stay in my dark room and do nothing and just watch my shows <laughs> just because I just feel lazy. But, you know, lazy shouldn't be shouldn't be an excuse to get out there in the sunshine, even though I don't like the sun. Okay. Was there a moment where you felt you were on track to achieving balance with Christ? I do recall the feeling I have where I feel good in myself where I feel like I'm a bit happier than I was yesterday, a bit less grumpy, uh, less stressed. Actually, when I finish my night shift, you know, night shifts can be quite hazardous for the body, especially if you do quite a lot of them. And I always remember when I get outside, when I leave the hospital doors, and I always look at that sunset, I take a moment and I just feel how grateful I am to be on this earth and to be living in this time through my mask. I breathe in the cold air and I'm just so grateful. And then I walk. And then when I see our mom's car waiting for me, I run. I'm tired, but I can't wait to go home and be with my family. It's the quiet moments where I feel everything's going to be all right. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Quiet moments are essential to sort of implement and weave into our lives as young adults in order to achieve living a balanced life of Christ. I think about the Savior Jesus Christ, before he started his ministry, um, we read about in the book of Luke, where he actually went into the wilderness to pray. He went alone and was able to, to pray or, or to reflect. And I think that's the same thing too. Take advantage of quiet moments. And quiet moments will enable you to be able to, to achieve balance uh, with Christ. Mm. And quiet moments don't necessarily equate to spiritual moments. Honestly, right? Quiet mm. moments don't have to always be maybe a church and sacrament or at the temple doing a session. Quiet moments can also occur when we're doing the mundane or routine things of life. Chores, walking to work. It doesn't know? have to be a hike on the mountain. It could just be a nice little slow walk. Catch, catch that 10 seconds. Catch that 10 second quiet moment. Yeah. Legit, yeah. It, it might even be when you're just about to open your phone and send a text message to someone, to a friend. Hmm. Or maybe you're thinking still. about be still. Yeah, someone. Or maybe you're going to, you're preparing to hang out with a friend that you haven't seen in a while. That's me for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> to catch up on life. That's me. And I think quiet moments, again, you'll be able to 
live and achieve balance of the Savior Jesus Christ. I, I man, I think that's amazing. When you think about choir members, you think about the Savior channel, reclaim and just grab your heart, your attention, just for him to be at the center of your life. Because yeah. I think you go through so many distractions. So the Lord is kind of saying, hey, just sit there. You don't have to do anything. Just sit there and just relax for a bit. Chill. And then get back get back to your difficult life. Yeah, get back to work now. Get back to work. Shout out to the family. Oh, I'm still working as a nurse. Oh, that's right. I'm still working. Okay, but I filled, right? I am filled and I have received inspiration. Honestly, the first thing I'm thinking about when we're about this topic, I was like, we're just so busy. Busy, busy, busy. We just have so many things on, or like I do, or... Yeah, you do too. You have a lot of things on. And just work. Work takes up a lot of my mental and physical energy. It can be quite tiring. So what's your advice in terms of prioritization? What does that look like? Well, first off, it depends on um, what type of person you are. If you're more of um, like to write things down, so even journaling is always a good um, habit to, uh, to keep. You write down your feelings. You put down the happy moments, the sad moments what you felt you did great in or what you can do better. I try and keep a um, diary planner. I try to be organized, but the thing is, because I'm lazy, it defeats the purpose of being organized. (laughs) So I procrastinate a lot. But I have a diary planner from Kmart. And what I did is I bought a picture printer and I printed out pictures that mean things to me. So my family and the different temples, I put it on the front cover. And every time I look at it, I'm reminded of... um, what I'm here to fight for and all that. The thing is, I haven't written in it, but still, I want to be more organized. That's one way I can cope, is to write down what things I need to do, and I can tick them. When I take on all these projects and I do everything I deliver, success, but actually it's hurting me. Like I only used to get like three hours of sleep, hang out with YSA young adults, and then I would wake up early morning, teach Sydney, and then pick up a friend to go drive to Hamilton to go take a table session. These are all good things, right? Like, I'm doing things. It was just taxing. I think it was too much good things in such a short period of time. So I did that in terms of I priorities, prioritization, not nothing. I just take it all. I take it all on. And what I did was my coping mechanism. I used to just wanted to fly out to the country. So I had back to America. That would help me. For a month, we would be gone from New Zealand, gone from the toxic environment where I put up my head to do everything. And I could just live a whole, be a whole new person, a whole new different person with no callings, with no, no friends, groups, no connections, and just me, my sisters, and my dad. We could just do it, whatever. And then I went to Texas, I went to Korea, same thing when I was studying. I might have got full on, even in my branch, and I would just take a trip, $200 trip to Taiwan or to Japan. But now in COVID, I can't do that. Wuhan. <laughs> so now it's taught me how to prioritize and how to be saying no. So that's my kind of advice is to say no. I think another thing, people like to hear what other people are going through because they can find a a familiar topic within themselves. And our coping mechanisms might help with you, but you have to find out for yourself what you need to do pretty much. Really, the Spirit, um, the Holy Ghost will do that. He will impress upon your mind and your hearts about what you need to do. Are there any experiences that helped you to realize the importance of living a balanced life of Christ? When I started my nursing career, straight out of high school, I originally wanted to be a midwife. Just because of an experience I had in high school, I really loved it. And I felt I could put my energy and efforts into helping mothers and their babies. And I thought it would be a cool job to have. But unfortunately, I applied, went for the interview. 
but I didn't get it. Pretty much that um, I was lacking in some things, aka I didn't have a license and also my NCEA. <laughs> I didn't have university entrance. So the next thing I thought was, okay, I need to get foundation credits. So I thought, okay, I'll go to MIT. I applied for their foundation certificate. I had an interview and the guy pretty much, or the one that interviewed me, pretty much said that you are too overqualified. So I'm thinking, okay, if AUT doesn't want me and foundation studies doesn't want me, where do I fit in? Because I'm just lost and confused. So he doesn't even say anything. He just takes me, he's come with me. He goes to the nursing building and he goes, okay, you're going to apply for the nursing, a batch of nursing. So I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Even though there were signs saying nursing is a, it's a good job to have, I just ignored it. <laughs> so then I applied and I got in. That started my, my nursing career, and it was only after I finished. I did the three years. I got my bachelor's degree. Yay. But then I would have to set something called a state exam. You have to pass to be registered to be able to practice as a nurse. I did that exam. It's uh, 120 multi-choice questions, something simple, right? Unfortunately, I failed. <laughs> and it was very um, eye-opening for me because I never really failed out trying so it was quite heartbreaking and even my family were quite sad for me so I was like, okay uh what's next okay I can set it again so with the state exam you can set it up to three times so the second time same thing I failed and at that time I'm just okay <laughs> my life is I have nowhere else to go okay set the state exam one more last time yep failed in the family in the household <laughs> this is my mom me and my other sister, my younger sister, she was still at um, college. I had was in my honors degree, you know what I mean? And yeah, she she was off sure. first, she, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. She was off doing whatever she does yeah. in her spare time, and I'm here just trying to pass yeah, something. Me and my mom, we're just like kind of putting pressure. I know, well, myself, I remember, I was just like, what is happening with it? Like just kind of getting angry at her. Yeah, like, don't worry. Study. I got like, angry at myself. I was just like, what are you doing on Saturdays? No, don't come with us to the mall. You stay home and study. Like, <laughs> I was come on, man. But at the same time, I remember kind of ple pleading and praying, like really praying and fasting to the Lord to ask for help too. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. All I remember is that. So what? You said the third exam. Yeah. What happened? So I failed. And then I just went, honestly, I just went into a depression or close to it. Like, you know, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't feel really happiness so just one day I woke up and I was just like you know I can't just do nothing I need to pick up myself and because I had to at the time I had to find a job actually yeah to, in reality pretty much we needed money I needed to help support my family because again this one was off doing whatever and you know we're older um, kids so dad is not really helping us as much as he used to, fair enough. Yeah. So in that moment, I was okay, I need to set some new goals. I need to get back on track. So the first thing I thought of was I need job experience. I applied for farmers to be a retail assistant. And yeah, I got a job. And if you've worked in retail, it's a lot of pressure. You get underpaid. It's understaffed. I think I worked there for maybe a year and a half. But all I can remember is that I never caught in sick. I didn't know anything about like sick days or leave. 
And yeah, I just remember the job I hated <laughs> and I always just showed up. That's why the managers liked me because I was always reliable. So I would actually get bounced through all the different departments. I worked everywhere, men's, toys, kids, homeware. So I had a lot of experience. And during that time, my old lecturer who tried to help me with study for state, she said, hey, if you want to still do nursing, there's a enrolled nursing program. It's the same as a registered nurse, but it's a diploma and it's only 18 months and you just need to do a couple of papers. So I was, you know what? Yeah, I still want to do nursing. I still want to help people. And so I did that and I actually learned a bit more and I had really good grades. For the first time in my life, I got an A plus on one of my assignments that I did. So I actually felt really good. And then after that, I had to sit another state exam. So you're probably thinking this is too much. It's like PTSD for me because like exams and me don't match. But I actually felt quite confident when I took it. I remember sitting down and looking at the questions and I'm like, dang, I know these. So I did it and then I finished, I think a bit earlier and I was looking around, I could still see people rushing to write. And the lady, the one who was overseeing the exam, she said, okay, pens down, we're finished. So after that, I passed state. And I remember mom being so happy. Oh, everyone was so happy for me. And then I was like, okay, the next thing to do was find a job. And like, that's another <laughs> problem in itself, because you apply for so many jobs, but you don't get it. I remember I applied for the, so it's called War 31. It's an acute stroke ward because I did my placement in a stroke rehab ward where I am working now currently. And the human resources came back to me and said, hey, Ward 23, the ward that I'm in now, is actually looking for an EN. Do you want to apply for them? So I'm like, oh, yeah, might as well. I went in and it was the same charge nurse and acting charge nurse that I met on my placement. So we had the interview. And remember, if they laugh at your jokes, it's a good sign. They laughed at all my jokes. <laughs> and what do you know? I got the job. <laughs> Well, the main thing that kind of popped off, you know, from your experience and just listening to that again, um, was probably that you're not alone. I always, we've actually started at the beginning of this kind of podcast, kind of framing it as what we do and what um, we, 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 what you have to do to like achieve balance with Christ. But really now listening to it, achieving balance with Christ is like those two last words, with Christ, like the Savior Jesus Christ has been involved um was at the center of, of, of that experience. And although there were some kind of troughs, times when there were downhills and whatnot, but just throughout this, well, what, what was it? That, that was two years, three years. And I can just say Malika, during that experience, has matured. So part of her achieving balance with Christ, when I was absent, she's just been able to develop her own conversion and testimony, no longer relying on, on me, the older sister, but now... Well, I still do. Oh, yeah, but, you know. You always need your older siblings. Yeah, but now it's, you know, Malika's kind of, it was it was crazy when I came back because I just felt like Malika was a different person. She didn't know this, but I felt this before. When we were growing up, I used to not get along with Malika. I mean, we get along, but just sometimes I was like, oh, she's annoying. It would always be one of us against the other, pretty much. Yeah, but, oh, my gosh, we just get along so much, and we've just aligned now. I feel the harmony, the sisterhood. <laughs> Our sisterhood is stronger, and... Yeah, we don't really fight. If we do fight, it's because I'm bossing it's cause around. because of you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, cause of it's me. not because of me. I'm a peaceful child. Yes, I am the problem. Okay, yes. The problematic child. <laughs> but I just think that's important. Frame achieving balance with Christ. Never leave out Christ in the equation, right? It's, it's you and him together. And I think together 
that partnership needs to be at the center. And when you realize that Christ is actually involved in part of the picture of, of your journey for achieving balance, you'll just be able to soar and thrive like and flourish. So I think that's really important. So thank you for sharing that. Was kind of that's that's the great thing about the gospel. I always say it, I always think about it, is that it's an ongoing process. We're never born perfect. We'll never be perfect in this life, but we can always get close to it. So that when we do move on to the next life, you know, we can say that we tried. Yeah, thanks, Malika. I'm still in this process right now. I'm actually going to feel a little bit black because it's just like full of work and mm-hmm. as well as at church to teach on Zoom. Zoom fatigue, I've had it. I'm like done with Zoom. It's oh, for seminary and then oh, for institute and then for meetings in between. And sort of one of the things I'm just sort of struggling and kind of grappling about is probably about, man, why is Heavenly Father giving us colleagues? <laughs> Does he give us colleagues because he wants us to like suffer and to Does like, be stressed? Does he see how busy I am? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to keep my life together, oh not gosh. apart. Oh my gosh, this feels like a, a sad pity party for like that. But, you know, <laughs> something that's really actually been helping me a lot is probably my patriarchal blessing. And I think just now that we're studying the Old Testament and now that we're learning about revisiting the stories, man, that's just, that's been powerful for me to be able to every day read the scriptures, cool, say your prayers, but now to read my patriarchal blessing every day, that's helped me to be able to, honestly, patriarchal blessings, right? They tell you what your priorities are. They tell you what you're working towards, not just spiritually in terms of exaltation, eternal life goals, but also what's, what does that look like in terms of world, worldly or temporal things? And how does that, how can my worldly talents or worldly kind of busyness or things that I'm part of actually contribute to me spiritually. So it's, it's been amazing. So I do kind of encourage and do testify about patriarchal blessings and how important they are in terms of centering our relationships or your relationship um, and aligning your priorities with Christ. But let's wrap it up about living a balanced life with Christ. It's not a bad thing to take things slow. When you need the extra time, do you take it? Even if it's just to sit alone in your room where your mind can refocus on what you need to do to stay on the right path. And it's okay to have the bad moments because they do eventually bloom into good ones. I've been thinking about President and Russell Ballard's junior conference talk from last junior conference, October 2021. I'm titled Love Astound Me More Than These. Kind of balance, maybe the word we need to replace is not... Um, living a balanced life with Christ. Maybe it's just living happily with Christ. <laughs> we have all these priorities, but you'll, you'll figure out. You'll know what to drop and what to keep, or you'll get through, whether that's Christ kind of giving you, blessing your strength and vigor, or even quiet moments where you receive inspiration on what to do, or maybe it's not quiet moments. Maybe it might be stumbling blocks, right? Or learning experiences um, for us to be able to, to keep on living happily with Christ. But I do want to quote President Emerson Ballard, in a general conference talk, but he said, we must always re- remember that our true happiness depends upon our relationship with God, with Jesus Christ and with each other. And he continued on to say, uh, to say, do things that make this world a better place, but also what things can you do within your own life to show that you love the Lord first? So let Israel prevail, let, let God prevail in our lives. Yes. And I let him take center. And I think about, has anyone, have you done pottery, Malika? We, I've seen it. It we, looks cool. It looks I cool. Do, that. do a pottery class, okay? If you're really struggling and you're trying to figure out, I still don't get answers. I still don't have <laughs> answers in terms of how to live a balance or happily with Christ. Take a pottery class, okay? And I remember a talk from Jenna Crawford's, but he spoke about taking a pottery class and that if the clay is not at the center, 
then the clay just goes over and you just make a hot mess. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're not you're not doing potter class. You're actually just doing play-doh right now. <laughs> but instead, if you put it if you put the clay right at the center of the spinning wheel, it, perfectly. Now something can come. You can start molding into vases and glasses. Watch out, Martha Stewart line. But he likened it to Christ, and if Christ is at the center of our spinning wheel or our chaotic lives, busy lives, full-on multiple priority lives, then all is well. Yeah, um, you'll be able to create and mold into something beautiful. So thank you so much for listening. And we do pray and hope that you continue to, in your journeys of busy, busyness, because B-U-S-Y, being under Satan's yoke. <laughs> that, True. Uh, it's, cool. You frame it, you, you'll define it, yeah. and you'll, you'll reclaim that. You can reclaim that um, with Christ. Okay, so partner with Christ. But we love you. Um, Signing out from the Muppet Sisters, but thank you so much for listening and tuning into Doubt Not, Fear Not. Continue Ain't to get it. those Institute credits. We are Institute graduates. And <laughs> yeah. all we can say is make Institute a priority. You will be blessed. We have been blessed from graduating from Institute, from socializing with other young adults, from being able to connect with the Savior Jesus Christ once a week. That's all he asks is once a week at mm. Institute. It's been a blessing for us, not even just us, but even our family. So continue to do that. Cool. And that is us. Thank you for listening. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Doubt Not, Fear Not podcast series has been produced out of the Auckland Institute building with contributions from young adults across New Zealand. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend to direct others to this podcast or listen to other episodes in this series or to enroll in the Institute class associated with the podcast. See our website at doubtnotfearnot.podbean.com this recording is not an official publication of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The views expressed are those of the participants and are neither the official doctrine nor the official teachings of the church.